0: Rock 101 Sports presents
4: the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Free Game.
3: Starring Pete Christie, Jared Johnson, Sean Dillon, and host of the Rockin' Free Game, Jeff Scott.
5: Over the course of the game, different games require different things. What we'd like to do is find some depth, but I would think those are good numbers for us.
3: Fight, win, we are all
1: in fight. Coach McCaslin sounds like he's uh, been yelling a little bit. Works, he, he was I, imagine. I like that no i he's love it. animated no, I, I, mean, I like it i just say he just you can tell he's got that you know he's been been yelling the whole game uh coming up today on the rocket pregame show jared will break down the 2024 class and get you ready for 2025 and beyond when it comes to recruiting and so forth we'll take a deeper look at the future of the conference shuffle and how this will help or hurt the texas tech red raiders Conference basketball has started, and we'll uh, talk Red Raiders and Lady Raiders today on the pregame show. Plus, Eric Haslam and Michael Hunter will join us to unveil the Rockin' 25 college basketball poll. And that's just uh, probably more. Who knows? There will be other bonus surprises <laughs> coming up as well. So um, don't get your hopes up, Pete. It's not that great, I don't think. But, uh, you know. I, it could be. I mean, we have some, you know, it's we hard had, to talk. We top. had
3: Zach Thomas come by. We've had Michael Crabtree. Who, hey, knows? who knows? Who knows? there New Anything can, year, can happen. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, but uh, what's the and pregame without the and reality check? Checking the pulse of
4: Red Raider Nation with our and reality check.
3: Pete, why don't you get us started? <laughs> okay. New year. Yes, it's yeah. a new year. And you know what? I'm just, just excited that I'm breathing and I'm seeing... Two twenty twenty four. 2024, so I'm thankful to be into the new year. it kind of a low bar there. I mean, I could have died in 2023. I'm <laughs> just saying, I'm excited to be That's here. True. That's true. Um, you know, I'm not a, well, I, I don't watch my words. I was going to say, a, a, you know, a, a geek. But uh, I know Jarrett's been revel- reveling <laughs> in the signing day and stuff, and I'm excited for that. But uh, I'm excited about Red Raider football, and I know Jarrett, when he breaks down all that, I'm going to feel even more excited for Red Raider football uh, this year, I believe. Uh, I, did, uh, I do want to report Micah Hudson is in Lubbock. Mm-hmm. He's in Lubbock. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody sent me a picture of him at the airport I don't know what, where they were, but they were flying into Lubbock last night. But uh, it's exciting. He and I, I mean, 14, I don't, I don't have the number. A lot of guys coming in early, graduated early. And to me, if you can handle your studies and get done early, uh, I think that just bodes well for all these young men coming in early to tech. Uh, basketball, uh, I'm excited. Uh, you know, 11 and 2 for the men. Big test uh, at uh, Texas on Saturday, 7 o'clock. Last time, uh, looks like going to Austin for now. Uh, on the flip side, Lady Raiders, last time UT came here, and uh, man, they got beat. But uh, they're back home Saturday against Kansas. So, uh, you know, and then baseball right around the corner. Uh, you got the... Uh, the. Um, all these games at Globe Life Field. you got the Texas Ranger caravan coming, which I think means Josh Young. Uh, first 225 people are going to get uh, autographs that night, whatever it is, in late January. Look on the Internet. Everybody else does. And uh, so that, that's about <laughs> no, it. Shouldn't they call you? Well, they, I hope not. Let's
0: give Pete's number out. What, oh, what, oh, what's what's <laughs>
3: that, what is that stuff called where it's a video and it's your voice and your face, but it's not you. Deep, that's a, a deep I? fake. Deep, deep fake fake video. Yeah, yeah okay. Because okay. I've been seeing some of those, and I'm like, I'm kind of disappointed. No one's done one of me. Ooh.
1: <laughs> challenge accepted. No, there's no challenge. You know,
0: you know, I heard all you really need is three seconds of, of, somebody's, of voice? somebody's voice. Yeah, yeah To create, so. It's so, scary to create, man. That's great. Like, to, well, have
1: you heard what's there's because like uh, there's a uh, scammers have done that very thing yeah. and they make it sound like like they'll they'll call somebody's grandmother you oh know, yeah, you know, yeah grand like i need your so, my yeah, social it's like security something, something you know, my car yeah. broke down and i'm like can you please send me some money and, and this mm-hmm. whole thing. yeah it's it's a great time to be alive man you, you, <laughs> what do you trust you know you, you gotta really crazy. keep your head
3: on a swivel yeah. and, and pay attention because there's right. always somebody trying to
1: dupe somebody right well um yeah that's kind of a downer but other than that you sound <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's alive uh, no, yeah, yeah, you I'm alive. See him, he's
1: got your eyesight you, you're too blessed to be stressed right um but no you seem you're, you're pretty uh <laughs> yeah. you know, that's a, that's to use one of your own it phrases is. right it, and it's true yeah yeah no, I'm, I'm, I'm a follower of pete man well I mean, thanks I know. jeff um but uh, you seem pretty upbeat though your well, I and mean, I you're
3: mean, i mean i told know? you i'm already guzzling the kool-aid I think they're seven and zero at home next year. McGuire and his team oh. are ten and three at home games. I have them ten and two next year with two road losses. But I'll wow. probably moderate that and bring it down to eight and four. But at early on, just looking, way too early. I have them ten and two, which I, I,
1: to me, I need to be drug tested. I do. I think it's insane. I think that. That's that's pretty optimistic, you know. Yeah, I'm not drinking Kool Aid ever again. I did that this <laughs> past season. I learned my lesson, so uh, this year <laughs> I got them at six and six. And we'll see what more happens. more sugar the better. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just gonna try to just lay back and evaluate, and not get too carried away with the Kool-Aid. That's just me.
0: But I like your optimism. You want more. them to show you first before you. That's right. That's true. We haven't that's seen right. it.
1: Yeah, and so. I think
0: that's fair considering yeah. all the preseason hype. Right. me, like I'll own that. You know, uh, I still think they had the potential to have the kind of season we talked about. I don't know about mm-hmm. ten wins. I had, I think I had them at nine. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, you know, it, the season happened the way it happened. And uh, I'll just go ahead and jump in and do my rock and reality check. Heck yeah. <laughs> because Pete really uh, hit on something that I'm excited about. I cover recruiting, and you cover, you talk to these guys for years. We talk about them over and over again. Uh, double-digit guys on campus nice. today, move-in day. We're going to talk about that in the second segment. Who are these guys? Who's coming in? Uh, we're going to mention a lot of the – the main names but top 25 uh, back-to-back top 25 classes and here's something else big picture i step back like was this past season a disappointment for texas tech football considering the preseason expectations yes i mean i I don't think you could argue against that but take a step back from all that and just look at it it was another winning season another winning season in the big 12 another bowl win another top 25 recruiting class things are healthy these are things that tech hasn't done in a long time we're talking about like over a decade so while no it did not meet expectations i don't think that team was two touchdowns better than the pre the 2022 team all that stuff uh it, it was still a good season you beat tcu you beat baylor you beat houston um i i just feel like the hype we get caught up in mm-hmm. in kind of the like this tunnel of covering Texas Tech and living it every day, with all the excitement we had going in the season. It's fair to say this last season was a disappointment, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean they didn't accomplish some notable things. Yeah, and that we should not. Yeah. like I, I think to just, I think it's fair. What you said, Jeff. That show me before I'm going to say nine or ten wins. Give me a break. Right. Know? But I also think it would be unfair. To not look and see the positive things, like somebody even said to me, just uh, you know, at the bar, recognized me. and was like, "Hey, blah blah blah." Started started talking about, man, is Joey McGuire is he is he on the hot seat? And I was like, "What? What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Of course he's not on the hot seat." Right. I mean, back to back Big Twelve winning records, back to back top twenty five national recruiting classes. I just this 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 program's in a good place. I I, I think again, it's fair to say it was a disappointment, but. Let's not go overboard, right? That's the reality check.
1: No, and my reality check. I mean, I'm optimistic, but I yeah. just I'm just going to try to just just dial it back like I normally do. Yeah, I tried. I am more of a well. Let's just see what happens here, you know. But last year, I, last season, I did. I was full on, man. Ten and two. I mean, I was I was believing <laughs> it, you know. And I thought, okay, I learned my lesson. I just need to just go back to what I used to do. Just just look at it, evaluate it. But I am optimistic. I'm not negative by right. any stretch, So I just Good. don't you think I'm being a pessimist because. There is a lot of really good things, you know, and you see it and it's going to lead to to good things. It's just hard to have the patience to to get through it because it's been so long since things were good Mm. that you get a glimmer of hope and you want it, you know, you want the 10 wins, you know, but I think it's just going to be, it's a little more of a slow, slow steady situation here, more of a marathon than a sprint. And, uh, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm still optimistic though. Yeah. And
0: my, my points weren't like directed toward you. I just thought you brought well, no, up a good didn't take point, no, I thought, but yeah, you made me I just want to make that. sure
1: like No, I, I just you made me think though. I was like I I don't want yeah. I want to make sure that I don't come across just being a negative nah. guy. I no. think
0: most people are like that. Don't don't tell me about it. I want to see it.
1: right. I yeah. want to see the The Show-Me State is Missouri, I believe. That is correct. Okay. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, that,
6: Sean? Well, last time Red Raiders were winning the Big 12, had a positive r- record in the Big 12, was 2008 and oh nine, Back under, to back. Yeah. Under Mike Leach and the last time they won Three bowl games in a row, 2002, 2003, 2004. Tangerine, Houston, and Holiday Bowl, both under.
0: All Ryan right. Leech. And the three bowl is. wins are, are over other Power 5 teams. Now, we could say, how good was Cal? What are bowl games anymore? That I think we could do a whole show just talking <laughs> right. about, because yeah. here's what's weird. I agree the bowl game system is messed up. Mm-hmm. It is. But I watched more bowl games this year than I have in years. I don't know why. And they were amazing. Like yeah. there were some really good games. Yeah. I had a blast. It was like I had them on the background while I was working, and I was like, "Man, this is." I had to like put the laptop down because I was enjoying the game so much. Even with so many guys opting out, and you know, I had a buddy in town. We were watching games together all day one day, and he was like, "Why are they on stage for winning the? Who gives a dang bowl? You know, right. who cares? You know?" And I, and I was like, "And we had just the whole debate just to talk smack to each other, but I agree with him. You know, like what? What do these bowl games really matter? Yeah, and what is the?" Average Joe, what does he really think? Who's a, who's a diehard college football fan, but once it gets to bowl season and it's not the playoffs, doesn't matter, right? Or not? You know, like Joe McGuire, like bowl games do matter, and not just for the practices, but we, you know, we want to win. But I, you know, it's hard to make that argument and agree with him when so many guys opt out,
1: right? You know, and see, and I think that's really disappointing. And we debate, you know, players' rights to do whatever, you know, all that. I, I get it, but, right? But the bowl game, it, it seems like they used to be. Even for the players, you know, when you Mm -hmm. got a chance to go to a really cool destination, you got some swag, some free stuff. You got to do a lot of fun things. It was like a vacation for these guys. But now with NIL, you know, guys are making money and they're doing things. I just feel like now it's just taken. Even that has taken some of the maybe the fun of going to a bowl game away because used to it was. It was like a cool destination and and a vacation to get to do some stuff. A bonus. Yeah. Now, but when you're getting paid to play and you go do these things. Yeah, it's, it just seems like it is. It's just lost some of the, uh, ah, some of the luster of it, there, I guess, you know?
0: and You know, it reminds me, I haven't thought about it till just now, but with Pete talking about, you know, AI and all the stuff and everything, just technology and the way we are now, the bowl game system and how it is and how we, at least how I perceive it, kind of mirrors how society is now. I mean, back then you had... Like cable, you know, you had a, only a certain amount of options. Now, I mean, there's all these streaming services you can play. I mean, you can sit there and play games on your phone all day and be entertained. Right. We didn't have that, you know, 20-some-odd years ago right. or however long ago. I, it, the level of interest, uh, the way people are distracted by so many things, all that kind of mirrors where we are right now. And I bowl, mean, to be honest.
6: And the bowl games were all compact. You had compact, you had bowl games right, going on. Right, it's spread out. You had, you know, New Year's Day, you had the, the Sun Bowl on CBS, you had the Rose Bowl. On and it.
0: less bowls, though. Yeah,
6: and you had now you have bowls that start from the 16th all the way down, you've got it still in January now.
1: Well, you know something, too, it's interesting, because in what are talking about, all the different things that we have that occupy our time now, too, that's... It's like there's there's very few things that are a collective mass appeal event. Mm-hmm. I mean you think I mean with the exception of maybe March Madness or the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl yeah. But other than that, like T V shows, you know, even a show like Yellowstone, I mean it may right. be viewed by fourteen million people and it's a huge hit. But that's a you know, you think back to the days when MASH was on and right. Seinfeld and Cheers, those kind of shows there, you know, there was just like the three networks, you know, right. and everybody just kind of watched those channels. So there was a, a collective mass appeal popularity of things. Now things are so splintered that mm-hmm. you can even have the most amazing show on TV, and most people don't even watch it. Right? You it's know, not it's a just cultural weird. event yeah.
0: like it used right. to be. I yeah, think. everything's mm-hmm.
1: that way now because yeah. you're right. We've got we've got so mm-hmm. many things that are uh, taking our attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it but it is it's kind of bolsy. It's it's that it just leads to that kind of like "Eh, eh, eh, have you
3: seen now at the end of these games I mean they've done the mayo bowl but now there's eggnog there's uh, all these other you got blue cheese yet not man! Oh my gosh! Yeah, I hey. would try to be a coach to play in the Blue Cheese Bowl. I would love that. I think the best Bowl
6: was the Pop Tart.
3: Yeah, the yeah,
6: Pop Tart. You know, they
0: eat the giant
1: they real Pop Tart. Yeah, was yeah. A little creepy though. They yeah, they, it was they, a they put creepy. the Pop Tart in there and cook him, and he comes out. And he, I mean, I thought that was a little weird. It was like it's like they were sacrificing the Pop Tart guy. I have a I can't nightmare about something yes. like that being the Pop the, And then the, the uh, uh,
3: what was that? The the cheese it then came out and said, "I'm not edible." Okay. Yeah, which was that, pretty that, funny. It's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah I don't know. Though, bowl season. I, I found myself. I, I think I, I watched fewer bowl games this yeah. year wow. personally. But, yeah. But there were some, you know, some good contested. I mean, you know, some tight games and stuff. But yeah, I just felt I had less interest this year probably than than having a while. And I don't know if it was just. I, I do think there's too many of them probably, and that's there's why there's too I'm many of them, them.
0: And when the actual people producing the product are telling you it's not that important to them, why should we care? Right. You know what I mean? That's let's be honest.
1: Yeah, when you players know? are opting out by so saying, much. you know, this isn't that big a deal In, to me. Right. And it does, it kind of affects your that's a that's a great point. It's I not a criticism
0: like of them. Like you said, yeah. I value that they have their options and everything. It's again very much like our society. The technology has done so many things for us, but then you also have people who are gonna use it to scamp. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's good that they have this freedom, but on the other hand, why are we gonna care if you don't care? Right. You know? Right. So
1: but see, I think it's also it's kinda of weird too at a time where the players have all these opportunities for like NIL money and all the things. It's it's ironic that they now have the ability to just up and leave and opt out and yeah. do all these things. At the same time they have a chance to build a brand or something, you know. And so if you build a brand with a fan base for a year and the fans love you and they can buy your jersey and do all the things yeah. and then you up and transfer and you go somewhere else. It's also now you're hurting your own brand that you're trying to build to capitalize on all this nil stuff. It's just so weird to me yeah. that that how all of it is happening simultaneously, and it's just it's just weird that
0: all the rules that we thought were concrete are have been obliterated, yeah. whether it be because of COVID or uh, courts ruling. I mean, yeah. this is, really isn't an NCAA thing; it was a court ruling thing. You know that that opened up Pandora's box, but I mean, look at Will Howard from kansas state to ohio state that's a perfect opportunity he was a kansas state guy i don't yeah. blame him for leaving right. Avery johnson's taking over you yeah. know and i don't blame he doesn't <laughs> want to sit there and watch right. some young guy you know take over it looks like he's going to start at ohio state which kind of surprised me from ohio state's pers- perspective right. to be yeah. honest but uh that's a, a perfect uh you know example of what you're saying about a brand and then you got like alan bowman's gonna be playing for his Se- eighth year yeah. tyler shucks gonna be Crazy. playing for you know i mean like what happened i What happened to four years or maybe five, you know, like yeah. I'm not saying I disagree with these rules philosophically in terms of allowing all the extra eligibility, but it just it makes it seem less important. All these rules make everything make the sport and college sports in general seem less important. Yeah. Less all the Ideas of amateurism and all that have just been totally obliterated. I mean, you know, yeah. You know, how,
6: how much fun did we make of Tony Morales when he came back for his seventh year after four?
1: months? Oh, and, and think how crazy that was. Yeah, that was before, that was before any of this stuff yeah. started. So that was, that was a rarity, but it was funny because, you know, making jokes about how old he was and stuff, you know. But now it's that's just the way it is. But all right. Well, uh, we'll talk some more about this throughout the show, I'm sure. But coming up next, inside the Red Raiders recruiting jared has a look at the 2024 class wrap-up and uh you know the guys the early enrollees and who's who's on campus already and what's Um, left
0: to do what work's left to do yeah okay
1: all right so yeah we got some good stuff coming up here next on the red raider outfitter rocking pregame on rock 101.1
4: inside the red raiders football recruiting with 24 7
1: sports jared johnson all right, so we've actually got uh, early enrollees in yeah. town yeah. and, uh, and in. ready to go. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's move-in time, and it's really people ask like, "Hey, what freshmen are actually going to play early?" Well, these are the guys—the guys who get here early. For the most part, there might be one or two exceptions that come, you know, during the summer. Uh, but for the most part, guys who come in early in the spring are here for spring ball, start developing all that. Those are the ones you're going to see play early next season. And, you know, Pete already mentioned it. Micah Hudson, five star receiver. He just played in the Under Armour All America game with uh, fellow Texas Tech signee Ellis Davis, the offensive lineman from Prosper, who's not an early enrollee, but Micah is. And uh, here's something that here's what uh, head coach Joey McGuire said about Micah on National Signing Day. He said, Micah Hudson, for one, I've been lucky to coach some absolutely freaky, athletic individuals, and I don't know if I've ever seen anyone like Micah. He's so explosive, has phenomenal hands and loves football as much as anyone I've been around. That sounds pretty dang good to me. Yeah. Also, it'll be interesting to see where they play him, because he can play anywhere. I mean, put him at running back if you need to, you know, to spill Taj. You know what I mean? He's that good of an athlete. Um, And I know guys get overhyped. But, I mean, you watch this guy's film, and everyone who's seen him says the same thing, you know? So I fully expect him to play a lot next year. People, The question is, is he going to start? What if he started at inside receiver? I'm not saying he's going to, but yeah. that would be one heck of a, tar, you know, a heck of an option.
1: What's, you, what's, is he like six, like a just six, six foot guy? Okay, yeah, yeah. He's like six yeah. foot,
0: six one, uh, 190 pounds. That doesn't really stand out, but uh, I, I thought Coach McGuire said it perfectly, which doesn't surprise me. Is that the way he, he plays the ball in the air, his body control is about as good as I've ever seen. Wow. His cutback ability, uh, his, uh, potential as a yards after catch guy, a yak guy, is off the charts, which to me screams inside receiver at Texas oh, yeah. Tech. You know, you um, also brought in Josh Kelly through the transfer portal from Washington State, who his production basically replaces all the receivers you lost, including starters uh, from the from a season ago. Wow. And then Caleb Douglas, a six three stud, uh, Texas native from Florida, who was starting for Florida last year before he got hurt. You know, put those two guys outside, have Micah inside. You got Jalen Conyers and some other guys at tied in that you like. I mean, how do you mess that up? It's, right, on, yeah. it's on Kitley and Barron at that point. Tharp you know will what I mean? Back he? Tharp, sure, yeah. yeah. You know yeah. he's battled a lot of injuries. I'm a little more concerned about right, the concussions. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I re- yeah. he's one or two, maybe just one. I guess we all are, right? One concussion away from, him. Right. You know? yeah. But you know what I mean. Like right. once you get one of those, it's like a boxer who's been knocked like, like knocked out. Right. You know, it's like you know, all of a sudden. They have a glass jaw. Because there was some
1: concern he wouldn't even make it through this season. Yeah, or He yeah, might even yeah. be done this you know, season. I was. So. I
0: basically had that story ready. You know, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I was worried about that. Yeah. Uh, so, but they have a. They've they brought in several tight ends. But my point is, maybe that's where Micah not forever. Where he not even all next year. But mm-hmm. I think there's an opportunity for him to start it inside. And in, I mean tear it up Maybe yeah your yeah. top receiver which yeah. sounds crazy you know but as a true freshman but he's the he's the guy other guys coming in speaking of quarterbacks will hammond he mentioned you know there's an interview it's a I i think it's a free one on if not it's a dollar <laughs> to sign up your first month on inside the red raiders i interviewed him on national signing day and uh he was really excited about coming uh, here's what joey mcguire said about him uh, on national signing day he said, one of the most electric quarterbacks in the nation and also one of the best kids I've ever been around, just as far as loving the game. He's been a huge part of recruiting this class, and he can't wait to get to Texas Tech, a mid-year guy that will get a bunch of reps in the spring. So, look, Tex played three quarterbacks, I don't know how many years in a row now. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be, at worst, the third quarterback, I, I believe. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got Barron, you got Jake Strong, and then you got Will Hammond. Will Hammond, four-star quarterback, elite 11 finalist. Prolific, I mean, look at his stats; they're off the charts this year. Big arm, um, really. Uh, I think the leadership quality really stands out. You talk, you walk, go watch an the interview. There's, there are free ones everywhere of of Will Hammond, and he sounds like he's like 25. He does. Know? I was about <laughs> to say he
1: he sounds like a leader, and you just listen to the way he talks, and it's like he's. He yeah, he's wise beyond his years. I mean he, he yeah. really is impressive in that area.
0: I forgot. I get you listen I'm sure Sean has it on uh on was it one, rock one oh one point one dot
1: rock one
6: oh one
0: dot com yeah so uh check that out and you'll hear what we're talking about. Running back Cameron Dickey is another guy, who's an early enrollee, moving in. Three star, I think he's underrated. I really do. Um he had a phenomenal senior senior season. Uh, 5'10", 200 pounds. Uh, What I really like is that McGuire said he reminds him of Taj Brooks. I mean, hey, that sounds like he even says they call him Captain America uh, and that he has a phenomenal personality. Cameron Dickey was a good safety at the high school level. They like him at running back. Uh, I do too. Again, put up uh, monster numbers. I don't expect him to play a lot next year. But, hey, crazier things have happened. Running back is a position where if you come in early – learn the offense uh, earn the coaches trust in terms of pass pro and some of the right, other yeah. things that aren't as flashy but are necessary then you he'll have a chance to play to play soon and a couple other wide receivers I want to mention Lorenzo Johnson he was one of the more unique recruitments I've I've covered in the 10 years at Texas Tech which is saying something uh, he was the first committed text class he decommitted then he recommitted but didn't announce it uh, but we just were like would all of a sudden, he popped back up on text commitment list, and people are like, well, what's going on? And like, well, he didn't announce it, but he is recommitted. And then, like, three months later, he actually officially announced it on social media. Um, he can play DB at the Division One level, but they like him at receiver. At least that's where he's going to start. Don't be surprised if he ends up at cornerback, though, at some point. And here's what McGuire said about him. He said, LJ is one of the more versatile athletes in the class. He can play running back, defensive back. He said they're also going to play him at slot receiver. He's a great kickoff and punt returner. He said, "So uh, when I think of LJ, I think of the word electric. Yeah, watch his returns. That may be where, after all said and done, all this talk about DB uh, receiver, he might end up being your down the road your primary kick returner. And he's oh, really yeah. good in that capacity. Tyson Turner, you know, with all with all the talk about these other guys, people don't talk about him. Go watch his film. Uh, Brian Texas, three star, six two one ninety. He plays much bigger than that." One of those guys who In really what position wide receiver. He's I'm a wide sorry. receiver also. Yeah, okay, he's, uh, this is what what McGuire said about Tyson Turner, the out outside receiver who is another early enrollee. He said uh, outside receiver with a lot of speed. Last year he ran at the state track meet. He's a guy that can really run, jump, and has great ball skills. Just a great student who's very intelligent and has a high football IQ. So Pete was talking about all the things you have to do to handle your business to get on campus early. I mean that really speaks to that, uh, the, you know, his intelligence.
3: Uh, you know how i mean half of us don't even want to study i still can't believe no. i graduated college so you these guys to had <laughs> to double up and dual credit and i mean if they can handle that and that just shows you one they want to get out quicker yeah but if
0: they can handle that
3: they'll probably do good
0: here it's discipline you know yeah. it shows that in a young age and i didn't have that discipline I know, either. Yeah. I mean? so <laughs> yeah one thing i thought was interesting was McGuire said that some of the local guys could still go to their prom you know like uh <laughs> Uh, Holden Hendricks, offensive lineman who's moving in this weekend, obviously from Lubbock Cooper. He'll be at, you know, a football player, Texas Tech student, but going to his senior prom. Like that never occurred to me. Wow, I just, that's interesting. Yeah, you know? I never
1: thought about Same that. Same thing yeah. with
0: Cason Long out of Shallow Water, another early enrollee offensive lineman who I really like. By the way, I think he's underrated. One of the more underrated guys in the class. Uh, they need to put some weight on him, but uh, I, I like it. I like his. He's six six and very athletic. Um, but he can go to his senior prom, too, despite being <laughs> a, a Texas Tech student wow. and Tech football player. So that's that's pretty cool. A couple more guys I want to mention in this early enrollee class. Jacob Ponton is 6'7", 270 pounds, Has great length. Uh, I, I think he's going to be a multi-year left starting left tackle yeah. for you. I think people – that's been a big problem is figuring out who is a bona fide left tackle for Texas Tech the last couple of years. I think that's been the biggest problem – which has led perhaps directly to you playing multiple quarterbacks, is that they haven't really had a left tackle that they feel very – like a dominant left tackle. There hasn't been a La Raven here for a while. Right. You know, yeah. so uh, Terrence Steele was pretty good. But uh, anyways, I, I think Jacob Ponton down the road can be that guy. I think he's very underrated out of Dripping Springs, 6'7", 265, and he put weight on him. One dude he never gets talked about, and he is a bad dude, cornerback Isaiah Collins, one of the only defensive players who's early enrollee out of Huntsville. Uh, McGuire said he's a long physical quarter that can play safety. He will be here as a mid-year, so he'll definitely uh, get to go through spring football. That's great. Um, he is He's one of those guys that, like, five years ago, have been, like, one of the first dudes I, I mentioned. You know, I, I love to think about that, and that's the biggest difference for me with these <laughs> McGuire classes is they sign multiple dudes. I'm like, this guy's a really good football player. You go watching this film, and, like, for me, there's so much going on covering the team and recruiting. You forget about him. But when we come back to sign day and I'm watching all their film again, it's like, man, I can't believe. Like, nobody talks about him. No fans ask me about him. He's not talked about him on any message boards or anything. But Isaiah Collins is a really good football player. Will he pan out? I don't know. Who knows? There's so many factors. But you keep stacking guys like, like him yeah. and getting them here early, uh, you have a very good chance of being a good team.
1: Yeah. All right. That's pretty
0: exciting. Yeah. You okay, got,
1: maybe I will drink some Kool-Aid. Yeah, <laughs> no, A couple preferred
0: walk-ons, too. Uh, your punter, I, I want to make sure I say his name. I'm just going to say it differently. Uh, Ryland Vagana is how I'm, I'm going to say it. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but uh, uh, he's. I'm sorry. He's actually a long snapper, so that that's good. And then another offensive lineman who I think normally would have been a scholarship guy, but because of the preferred walk-on Matador Club deal, mm-hmm. uh, Jackson Hildebrand. Uh, who's here early. So that's okay. I think that's a good addition, especially as a preferred walk on.
1: Yeah. All right. Well hopefully these guys we get to see at least in the spring game and yeah. get, get a Yeah. No, look we'll and, see them yeah. if they're healthy. Yeah. That's cool.
0: One thing people want to know, I just want to say real quick, I know we're running out of time, but uh they they're still looking to add a defensive tackle through the transfer portal. They just had Anthony Booker, six four three hundred and fifty one pound dude with one year eligibility left. He was on campus this week. Uh he's coming from Arkansas he played most of his career at Maryland, one year at Arkansas, but he's been a multi-year starter. Um, obviously could could plug in, you know, take up a lot of space, 6'4", <laughs> right, yeah. 351. Yeah, no also a recent offer, James Hansen, 6'2", 307 pounds out of Nevada. He also played at Utah State, Riverside Community College, which is a JUCO that produces a lot of talent and, and sent a lot of talent here to Texas Tech in the past. But uh, that's basically, and McGuire told me on Sunday when I asked him, that's the last thing in terms of – the adding to the roster this offseason
1: for the 2024 season. Okay. All right, so we come back here, take a look at some 2025 yeah. numbers and maybe beyond. Some,
0: uh, yeah. yeah, some Christmas, actually Christmas Day offers uh, that I, that I want to mention. James Blanchard, Texas Tech's general manager, dished out like, like Santa Claus. A bunch of offers. I interviewed these kids. Uh, one of them is the son of a former, like basically all-American NFL veteran uh, from a conference rival. Uh, oh, he really? was really excited about it. I think you'll be interested, too. Okay.
1: So. All right. All right. We got that coming up next. I think we're all intrigued to see what you sure. what you got there. But, yeah, that's coming up next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' pregame on Rock
4: 101.1. Inside the Red Raiders football recruiting with 24-7 sports, Jared Johnson.
1: All right. So, if you're just joining us, yeah, we just uh, recapped all the uh, 2024 guys who are already on campus and, uh, you know, Ready to go, but now looking uh, to 2025. It's gosh, I, I tell you, some of these classes I still can't get used to. I mean, you're talking about the 2026 class, the 27th, I mean, it seems yeah. like so futuristic, <clears throat> but it's it's right here. So the 2025 uh, class, how's that shaping up so far?
0: Great. The reality is that uh, for the most part, from the recruiting staff's perspective, they finished up recruiting the 2024 class for the most part. In June and July. I know that sounds crazy to people. <clears throat> Pardon me. But they got a lot of, a lot of those guys committed when they visit, took official visits. Now, they added a couple of guys here and there. Obviously, the transfer portal is a whole nother beast. But in terms of the high school recruiting, they, got, they pretty much wrapped it up. And they started moving on to 2025 last summer, which means they've gotten a really good uh, head start. And they have you know a handful of commits already that I really like um you know and the rank right now is 26 nationally so you're right there in the wheelhouse you've been you have seven commits uh, including the most recent one t.j tillman from amarillo tascosa i don't know pete maybe has covered them covered him before but uh you know he's an athlete but probably they like him at, at safety most likely um but laden stone here from friendship um is a receiver. I really like, you see him, you you get it. It's not a reach. I, I like him. Lloyd Jones, um, quarterback at a Hitchcock, smaller school, but freak athlete. Um, Tristan Gentry, Stephenville receiver, three-star. He's very underrated. He, I mean, I, the guy is very fast. Speed, speed, speed. Uh, speaking of that, Isaiah Robertson, another receiver, uh, but athlete type out of Arlington High, playing big-time Texas high school football. So I, you know, I can keep going down the list, but – I'm they're high three-star guy, guys who might, some of them might end up as four stars. And uh, right now it's offensive. It's a lot of the offensive players, yeah. but they're in on some really good defensive players. They have a big junior day coming up uh, the 13th. So, and there's some, uh, there's a four-star cornerback like Micah Strickland, who already posted, he's going to be here. We'll have a, next week, we'll have a whole break, I'll have a breakdown of that with the list of who's going to be here. But it's very exciting what they're doing in 2025. And I want to, and that's good, very good. But I want to take a step back to give you an idea. To uh, this is different to me. Like I said, I've been doing this for a while, and this was a little different. And it also gives you an idea of how much in the future, how much they're planning ahead the at Texas Tech, which is why I mentioned they got done with twenty twenty four in the summer, uh, basically for the most part. They already have a great start in twenty twenty five. Now they're offering twenty six and twenty seven guys, and James Blanchard is really. There's a lot that goes into. It. There's so many people. But Blanchard is the general manager. He is the archi- architect. He is the, the, the recruiting czar for Texas Tech. Joey McGuire, obviously, is a great salesman. We all know that. His staff, the actual coaching staff, they do a good job. But to me, you, why is Texas Tech doing such a great job in recruiting? I, to me, it's James Blanchard. And one of the things he did over the holidays that I thought was really cool was he dished out a lot of offers on Christmas Day. Think about it there's a day where you're like, you know what i'm I, i'm a lean back this isn't it you know yeah. I'm a, no, he took it as an opportunity to show these guys like make it special for them and I interviewed a lot of these recruits that he uh offered on Christmas day, and I have some quotes uh you know and it's a little wordy but i re- i think it's important I think it's interesting uh, one of those and i I teased it coming into the segment or after the last segment was uh 2026 wide receiver Tatum Bell the second out of Frisco Heritage, and man, he's fast. And 2026, so you know he just finished what his sophomore year, and he put up really good numbers. But here's what he said about getting the offer from from Coach Blanchard. He said it was Coach Blanchard who offered me. He said so I was on my new game on his PlayStation Five, <laughs> awesome. uh, which is awesome. We just got one too, but you know. he said I received. Uh, early on Christmas then I got a text from coach saying call me and I called and he asked to speak to my mom and said Merry Christmas I would like you to be the first to know that we are giving your son a full ride scholarship to Texas Tech University after that I got up and ran up and down the street for a good 15 minutes wow that's a pretty cool quote yeah yes he is the son of former Oklahoma State star running back Tatum Bell who played uh, in the NFL several years I think Denver I can't remember who else he played for but he you know yeah, good running back, was, Yeah, he and was, he was good, a great yeah. player. Uh, Tatum But you see some of that that speed uh, the, in terms of uh, junior uh, and at Frisco Heritage, so that's really good. He actually told me in that interview, and this is on inside the Red Raiders, that he went to a camp at Oklahoma State. He said he thought he balled out the camp, and they didn't offer him. He, said, he actually said, I guess they don't like me. So you would think, oh, how do, how do schools lose legacies? There you go. You yeah, know yeah and here 's Texas Tech offering you on Christmas Day where you 're running up and down the street. It makes a difference right How yeah. is Texas Tech doing this? There you go you yeah, know there 's yeah. one example another dude I thought this was cool uh, twenty twenty six cornerback Brandon Ford from Crowley man I, he does not look like a he didn 't look like a sophomore in his film i, I he 's a good player uh, He said it was Coach Blanchard to offer me. He called me on Christmas Day and wanted to talk to me with my parents in the room. He then told my parents and myself that he liked my film and I'd be a perfect fit at Texas Tech and said they won't want to offer me. Uh, receiving the offer was thrilling, especially because Texas Tech is one of the top schools I want to go to. I was at Tech last year for an unofficial visit when they played the Longhorns. He so said, I love the atmosphere of the fans, and I could definitely see myself being there in the future. So they had this dude on on campus. They had him already scouted. Somebody gave him the heads up or they saw something. But when he was a freshman way back, I mean, that seems like ancient history and Correct. recruiting, you know what I mean? But they, yeah. they could see it coming with this guy and had him on campus. You saw them Tech beat Texas, uh, you know, with a great game. That was a great atmosphere and overtime and exciting. Now you offer him on Christmas Day. How do you beat out Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU? This kind of stuff right here. Uh, you, make, you make these guys feel special uh oh man 2027 running back wayne shanks who by the way i love that name for some reason i don't know why but wayne, I, I, shanks. wayne yeah. shanks you know out of cypress woods he ran for over 700 yards as a as a freshman at the varsity level that's playing high that's not like little texas high school football that's big that's a big classification the all the cypress woods Cy i all that stuff uh he said about getting his offer he said christmas morning i got a text from coach plans for telling me to call him so i did once I called, he asked about my family. Then he told me to bring the phone to my mom. He told my mom and I, and, uh, that he was going to offer me a scholarship and said he will get me out to visit the campus sometime. My mom and brother were surprised and so excited as well as myself. I was extremely excited and blessed to have received an amazing Christmas gift. So I, there's other, I have other uh, <laughs> uh, interviews like this yeah. saying basically the same thing. You know, how they, these recruits were made special you're early on them um on Christmas Day by Texas Tech. And that's that's how you do it, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean if you're a salesman doing anything, that kind of thing, how does that not endear you or at least put you big time in the mix for the rest of the recruitment? Now who knows right. what to happen with these guys and who's oh, yeah. off or what and all that. But you're gonna be in the mix because of that and the yeah. way you're handling these. People wanna know why. How is this happening? Well here here's another
1: great example. All right. Man, that's uh all right. It's going to hold off on the Kool Aid still. <laughs> I got another one for you. This is <laughs> okay. great for you. All right, this All is right. great
0: for you. Intriguing okay. offer. Okay. okay. The New Mexico Gatorade Player of the Year. Okay. From all your right, stomping hey, that's ground, my,
1: that's my uh, home state. Yes, there, yeah,
0: twenty twenty five quarterback Cameron Dyer, I, and I want to make sure I'm saying this right. Look, La, La Cueva, La Cueva yeah. okay, is that Albuquerque,
1: right. or is that where is La Cueva? Man, I sure. don't know. You're I the think New that, Mexico well, guy. Well, I think that's a, that. I think that's a fairly new, maybe a newer high school, possibly because okay. I don't think that was even around when I was it's a going big high school. Though, yeah, because it was a
0: six A. Yeah, Cueva
1: is in Albuquerque. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so yeah, because uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that was even a. I don't know if that school was even exi- in existence when uh, when I went okay. a few years ago.
6: Founded in A few years ago? <laughs> Founded in 1986.
1: So Cameron Dyer. Okay, well, it, yeah, well, it's it okay that it wasn't there when I was in high school, so thank you. Wow. I
0: was trying to give you some love, not hate on you. I'm trying to sidestep it. Cameron Dyer. He wasn't offered on Christmas Day. He was offered, I think, uh, the, the 21st of December. But 6'4", 200-pound dual-threat quarterback, was named New Mexico Player of the Year by Max Preps, also was Gatorade Player of the Year, or Athlete of the Year. Uh, he led La Cueva to the Class 6A State Championship. He, listen to his numbers. 2,400 yards, 27 touchdowns, passing with just 10 interceptions, plus ran for another 1,359 yards and 23 touchdowns.
1: Wow. I mean, nice. yeah,
0: he put up big numbers, and it's New Mexico, it's not Texas, but... Still, it was a high classification, and you know, yes, he could play quarterback, and maybe that's what he want, wants to do. I mean, he has a good arm. It's not like this guy can't throw. Um, Tech does have a quarterback committed for the twenty twenty five class. They like, I like, but he, this guy can play multiple positions, if not at quarterback. But hey, if they sign two quarterbacks, I'm not going to be upset about it. You know, They're and be they mad. should, <laughs> yeah, and they should be able to handle it anyway, especially with the way you can transfer now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know, and, and that, that's crazy now, with, you know, especially quarterbacks, you know, nobody wants to be the guy waiting around, you yeah. know, and, and it's like you've got to just keep loading the room every year with quarterbacks, knowing yeah. that most of them probably aren't ever going to be, you know, they're not sticking around, but how hard has that got to be to yeah. try to build a quarterback room and develop guys, because, you know, they're just not patient, you know?
0: It is, and it's hard for me to fault these quarterbacks, because... One thing you have to have is like an unbelievable belief in yourself. If you're going to be a you know starting quarterback, a big time college quarterback, like there's going to be so many times people are like, "You can't do this. You can't do this," and you have to believe in yourself. Right. You know, so it's hard for how do you just turn that off? Like all of a sudden, you're like, you know what? I should be the backup quarterback here. <laughs> right. You know, I mean? right. I'm like, that yeah. doesn't make sense in my mind. You know, right. from right. An, from an athlete's perspective. So I get it. You have the ability to transfer. You think you should start, go somewhere else. But on the other hand. Maybe if you were patient and you stayed in the same system, if you get your shot,
1: you're better it off. It could pay off for run. you. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so
0: it's, it's, it goes back to our original opening segment conversation of how it kind of mirrors what's going on with society. You have these options. Is it a good thing? I don't know. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. It's different. Wow. All right. Well, there's uh again, plenty of optimism there and uh, looking at that twenty twenty five class and beyond. And uh yeah, I'm still like I said, Kool-Aid, I'm gonna hold off <laughs> still, we, but if, I do like it.
0: <laughs> if we have time, Sean, if we have time to play circling back to what's left for the twenty twenty four class, uh to play what McGuire said, what they're looking for when I ask him on National Sign Day. We could
5: We're we're looking right now at uh really interior defensive line. Um you know, uh, not saying that we'll take one because uh, we feel really good about our young guys. I mean, um, you know, Jane Cofield has really come on. He played in the bowl game. Um, You know, I thought I was really proud the way Trey McAlpin ended the season. You know, he had a good game against Texas, had a good game against Cal. So we feel good about the interior, but we would take one more older guy if we could. So, you know, we – as we get through signing everybody today, we literally went from one room to the defensive staff room to watch all the defensive tackles that were still out there. And so, um, we, I could see us having another visit in uh, January. Other than that, we feel good about, you know, the positions that we have on the team. You mentioned 2025, and I know this
0: changes throughout the year, but do you have an idea of how big of a class and not necessarily what position, but what you're looking for uh, exactly from, from that group?
5: Yeah, you know, we'll go somewhere between 18 and 20 um, high school guys. I mean, uh, we're about, when you look at our roster, uh, when we first got here, it was really split. It was not a lot of. Uh, middle like richer sophomores, richer juniors, so we're we're transitioning more and more with the recruiting classes that we've brought in to having more of that what I call the meat and potatoes of your roster guys that are their third or fourth year in college that you know especially in the o line and d line that should be playing because they've grown, and so we're getting closer, but we'll still you know be somewhere between twenty eighteen, and twenty just because we still have a young roster with uh signing. The class that's here right now that played for us this year, and then the class that's coming in, half your roster is still going to be really young. You hey, he said it. Think about that. Just what we know
0: about uh, ten transfers that are like, you know, not preferred walk-ons, and then twenty-two high school guys that aren't preferred walk-ons. That's thirty-two. I mean, your roster—that's a thirty-year roster. You know, that's not even talking about the preferred walk-ons and everything. And, uh, who, you know, whoever else they're going to add? I mean, half the roster will be new next year. Wow, think about that—the yeah. young or veterans that are, you know, their first year with Texas Tech. Yeah. So, a lot of change. Yeah, they're bringing back a lot of guys, but they're also—I mean, it's going to look very different.
1: That's a, that's a lot more guys. I mean, that 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 hearing that number is actually kind of surprising to me. I don't know how to hear that, but I would
0: say that's what I would expect because we just talked about, you know, overturning the roster. Even like Tech's in a really good spot. Don't get me wrong. A lot of guys went to the portal, but you know, overall, there were t- Taj Brooks is coming back. Your starting quarterbacks coming back. Your starting running backs coming back. A, a lot of the guys that you really want to come back mm-hmm. are coming back. Yeah, you know yeah. the guys. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, would they have preferred Monroe Mill State and competed for a starting spot? Yes, uh, but oh well. Duran Bradley, you put in Miles Price have done some really good things. They've made some clutch plays, but. I mean, yeah, Josh Kelly, uh, Cameron Douglas, Micah Hudson. I mean, which receiving core do you like better? Right. Just on paper, I know which one I like better. Yeah. So it's not – while the numbers are crazy, so many going out, so many coming in, I think that's just the nature of college football now. You know?
1: Well, it's like the – in, but, you know, like with the, the high school, the level of recruiting that McGuire's mm-hmm. been doing, and I guess when, when you told me the number of – you know, the turnover – I guess I was just thinking more in terms of just, you know, when they're putting these good classes together that you got all these guys you're starting to build up, you know, a, a good team of guys that are, you know, you're the guys you recruited and everything. And so it just seemed like, I, I don't know why that surprised me. It just did to hear that, the number it, of how no, many it guys No, too does and, and, and I don't know what to think of it, but yeah.
0: Well, I think it's, I think it's like you said, they want to get their guys in. Right. But they had to win ball games before they can get these guys developed. You know, it's right. not like basketball; you just come in, and, right? <laughs> and throw the ball to them, and they're, they're ready to go.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, unless you're Michael Hudson, right? Yeah, right, right. Hopefully, uh, but but they are starting to get their guys. There's no excuses. You yeah. know, yeah. I mean, next year, then uh, I mean, 2024, and then 2025. Really, like, I mean, it's it's McGuire and Blanchard and all. All it's their guys. So, yeah. no excuses
1: for yeah. sure by yeah. that. All right. Well. It is exciting. A lot of good things happening there.
5: Still yeah, am I
1: gonna be drinking that Kool-Aid yet? Be, but you know. <laughs> oh, I made my best we're, pitch. We're making the picture for you, I, but I was about to say with, yeah, with, with every else. with every segment of the show. I mean, you know, I'm I'm, I'm getting closer. I don't know. So wait till uh,
0: you know spring ball reports and oh yeah, and the yeah. fall camp and all that. Yeah. Okay,
1: then maybe I'll drink a little bit of Kool-Aid. By then, we'll see. You'll sip. All right, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see. All right, uh, coming up next here, we'll talk uh, bowl season. You know, how did the uh, conferences stack up? You know, who, who won the most games as a conference? And it's always interesting to look at this uh, when you're looking at what conferences are the strongest conferences and things like that. So we'll take a look at how each conference did this bowl season. Coming up next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on Rock
5: 101.1.
1: A Deeper Look. All right, so uh, bowl season is behind us. You know, we just got the uh, college football championship now coming up. But uh, as all the the bowl games uh, happen, it's always interesting to compare the conferences and see how each conference did in the bowls. And you know, do you put much weight into that? Can you can you make a determination on who the most powerful conferences or anything from any of this information, especially with all the transfers and yeah. opt-outs and all of it. I mean, does it mean? Does it mean anything? Who knows? But uh, taking a look here, though, at how everybody did. First of all, I guess the the American uh, they went three and three in bowl games, and you know, I don't know, care much about that conference. <laughs> I, mean, do you, I mean, you know, is that anything that excites you or gives you an opinion one way or the other? No, no, no. Okay, moving on then. Um Conference USA went two and two. Again, yeah, all right, whatever. Mountain West three and four. Uh, let's see, is there any other? The Sun Belt went five and seven. They had twelve teams make.
0: They had a whole division make. Wow, make make a
1: bowl game. That's again the case of too many bowl games. Yeah, I mean, yeah, think absolutely. about that. the Sun Belt. Yeah, that's just filling out airtime for ESPN there. Um, the MAC went two and four. I think that's all the the smaller conferences. Now let's get into the the, the bigger conference. So the Big Twelve, um, actually, you know, pretty good five and four. And I guess if you take out Texas and OU, who both lost, and they'll be you know they'll be SEC teams next year. Um, so so overall, if you if you already figured they they've already moved on, yeah. which is what it feels like anyway. But uh, Big Twelve actually did pretty well.
0: Yeah, but you got to factor in Arizona, Utah,
1: who else? Right, yeah, I imagine. Yeah, the There's, words are coming in, yeah. If you factor them out
6: and you factor them in, uh, t- uh, Big 12 is 6 and 3.
0: Okay, nice. Pretty good. good. So, Arizona looked good boy, against Oklahoma, yeah, right? Yeah, they. I mean, yeah. That, they, all the turnovers, that was crazy. Yeah. I actually turned the game off for a minute because I was like, Oklahoma, like, they're taking over this game. Yeah. And then the second half, all of a sudden, yeah. Arizona started. Well, I guess Arizona jumped out on Oklahoma. Then Oklahoma came back, and looked right. like they took control of it. Yeah. But then then turnover galore. I mean, it was crazy.
1: Well, and they, they had the thing with the. Uh, you know, true freshman quarterback sure. first start. He made a bunch of mistakes, you yeah. know, and and but that was crazy. You're right because I mean I was watching that too, and the same thing. I thought, oh, he's taking control. Okay, mm. well, you know, so I I went and did a few other things, you know, came back and I was like, hey, what what the heck? I think they had like six turnovers yeah. in that game, you know. Fumbles, interceptions. It was, it was pretty. What's crazy. the name?
0: What's the dude's name? Jackson Arnold. Jackson Arnold. Yeah, yeah. man, yeah. they were hype. You know oh, how yeah. it is. I I mean, he was like shape. a
1: five star, big time guy. And you, know? He,
0: you know, he's a true <laughs> freshman. But man, they were making them sound like like the pub Manning gets. Arch, yeah. Arch Manning right. gets yeah. at UT. I mean, they were yeah. they were really hyping him up, and then
1: it just shows. It doesn't matter how good you are as a true freshman. <clears> you can be a yeah. five star. guy. I mean, it's it's hard to come in there and you know do all the you know the reads all the things that have to happen the decision making i mean it's 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 tough man i mean look at jake strong with, well, when yeah. he played for absolutely had to start you know I yeah mean, the guy comes in there and there's a million things going on and it's it's hard so yeah but the hype on any of those kind of five-star type guys man crazy
0: arizona athletically looked like they matched up
1: oh, yeah. you know what yeah, i mean they like they they're good. especially yeah. on defense they
0: were fast yeah. they were much faster than i was expecting
1: you know, and that's crazy too because that shows what a great job Jed Fish has done there because, you know, think how it wasn't that long ago where yeah. Arizona was pathetic in yeah. football and they've really come along. They're they're going to be tough to deal with yeah. next year, man. That's and and so a lot of people thought Fish might get another job just off yeah. this season, but it seems as of now he looks like he's staying, right? I mean, I, I yeah. guess we don't really know. I don't know he's for a sure. former NFL guy too, though, yes. so yeah.
0: So he He could go, oh, you know, a bunch of different directions, yeah. but When you really look at it, people want to know who's going to be the flagship program of the Big Twelve. You look at Arizona basketball and the way its football team has come around. Yeah, I mean Arizona. You got you got to look at them.
1: Right. It's going to be fun to see uh, Arizona and Kansas play basketball. Oh man, that's going to be that's that's going to be fun, right there. Well, Houston basketball,
0: Big Twelve is going to be far and away. It's not. It's there's no debate. Arizona, Houston, and. Kansas? That's before yeah. you start getting into Kansas State. Oklahoma State has a great tradition. Wait, wait, doesn't Texas UCF Tech?
1: have a pretty good team this year? Uh, basketball? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I didn't yeah. Even, wasn't even aware of that. I think so, don't <laughs> they? <laughs> How I thought they? I was B- they BYU's have got a good team. team. BYU's, BYU's has got a, a good team, yeah. yeah. And you know, know, Cincinnati, a, uh, historically, is really pretty good basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were talking about
6: it in the Rockin' 25 pre-taping, and they just said it's going to be heads and tails, the Big 12, five miles of, of garbage. And then maybe the SEC. You know, this year is probably going to be the last year where where the Big 12 and SEC are going to be tight. You know, we're going to ask the guys later on of how many SEC schools are going to make the NCAAs. But it's just so, when you look at the strength of schedule for the Big 12, the top 14 teams in strength of schedule remaining are the 14 teams of the Big 12.
1: Wow. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um it it's gonna be but yeah, football, it's gonna be interesting with you know, like I said, a team like Arizona coming in next year and and what you know what that's what that's gonna look like. I'm you
0: know, legit that's... excited about the new Big Twelve. Yeah. I really am. I know a lot of people are like, meh, I hear that. But I I really am. Like I you know, we got prime time, Coach Prime coming in, right. all that circus. Right. Utah, a very good football program. We are, we just mentioned the basketball. I mean, that's what we're doing is talking about conferences. We can break down how they did in the bowls, but, I mean, really, it's what's going to happen with the bowl games? Is there going to be a new monster division? Will the Big 12 be left out? How do you feel about the Big 12? Those are the real – that's what fans are asking about,
1: you know? Well, it's interesting, too, like with what's happening with the ACC, who, by the way, went 5-6 in the bowl games, but with Florida State – I saw something today that I mean there's you know there's legal challenges now happening in the yeah. state of Florida trying to get uh get Florida state out of the ACC but where do they go does does the does the SEC really want Florida state? I mean they've already got Florida locked up mm. with Florida and and you know if they
0: really want the to go to this monster they really want to go yeah I mean they got to go to one yeah or whatever if they want to go to this monster where there's 60 teams you know and <laughs> yeah. they kind of cut out a lot of the other teams, then Florida State's got to be a part of it. You would think. I mean, they've got to fit into one of those, probably, unless is there going to be a third conference? Right. You know, is there a room for a Big 12 where there'll be three monster conferences uh, making this big division, new big division, or not?
1: They just hope Texas Tech is part of that, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, you start getting into that kind of talk, man, It, it, it... it's it's scary, kind of dicey. What could happen if you're a school that gets left out of that yeah. equation? Man, remember Maybe they, they almost joined there. the
3: Pac-12 that time. Yeah, and yeah. The, well, look where they
0: and would, would the Pac-12 have dissolved? Well, I don't know. I don't, who knows? I don't know who. You I to who yeah, was would have that that been go? enough didn't when didn't that? Go? Was going if, on with that? If UTOU, the point. Oklahoma State, and Tech went to the Pac-12 back then, yeah. would it be the Big Twelve had already been dust? You know what right. I mean? Like to me, it's a it's a my, well, not even a minor. It's an upset that, that the Big 12 still exists and that it basically jumped ahead of the Pac 12 and ended the Pac 12. You know, like yeah. that was a comeback story.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, Big,
0: well, yeah. the Big 12's obituary has already been written like three times. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And But no, here it is. Yeah. And that's, they're, it's a fight for relevancy yeah. at this point. Yeah. You know, that's what they're doing. And, and, in rev-
6: and in revenue, Texas Tech is the 27th most valuable college football brand
0: which is about where they should be you know not based on recent results but i mean potential at mm-hmm. texas tech considering all the things
1: yeah um let's see so yeah i mentioned the acc went five and six in this bowl season um <laughs> big 10 was five and four they could and, be six and four and yeah i guess yeah after the championship and then uh pack 12 has the opportunity to also be six and four, depending on what happens. But they're five and three as of right now. So, But
0: again, we're talking about a team that's going to be in the the Big Ten next year, so it's really two Big Ten schools. <laughs> yeah. From, wow. from yeah, yeah, that's you know. true, yeah.
6: What happens next year when the playoff expands to 12 teams? How much it, with the Big 12 getting an automatic buy into, with the Big 12...
0: Uh, Not buy, automatic bid.
6: Automatic bid.
1: Yeah. Well, I like that. I just think it's going to be funny next year. We're going to be sitting here talking about uh, the thirteenth yeah. team that was nine and three and, and <laughs> deserved to make it, and how they got screwed over and didn't make the, yeah. the top twelve. Especially I mean, no if many, it's Tech that's nine and right, three, right? Right. But it, it's isn't it funny though? It's like when it was just the. Uh, you know, the, the BCS thing, and it was the top two teams. It was always that third team. Oh, they got screwed out of it. And then it's four teams, and then it's the fifth <laughs> team going, Oh, yeah, you got screwed out of it. You know, it doesn't matter how many teams, somebody's going to get left out. Yeah, and sure. It's always going to be a big debate every year uh, about what happened. When but, your conference. Yeah. Or shut the hell up. You know what I mean? Like well, that, well that's of course, the, unless you're Florida State.
0: <laughs> well, they, well, no, that's this year. I'm talking about.
1: For but next, yeah, year. But yeah, next year, yeah, next year when they automatic when they bids, ask, which yeah, is what yeah, I like. Yeah, yeah, Florida no, State would have right. been in, yeah,
0: you know, if they had those those rules.
1: What What about, uh, see, we'll get back to that in a second, but I want to ask you what you thought about like, did, did Liberty deserve to be in a New Year's Six Bowl game?
0: Clearly not, they, yeah. they got killed. I, I, think, <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah but that last
1: is, year wasn't it Tulane and they beat UCC, yeah, so but you know but what? But they got throttled. I still think. That that's like one of those. Uh, it's almost like participation trophy time. Well, we gotta we gotta consider these little guys too yeah. and give them a shot at the big table. No, you don't, because they're not, they're not in a great conference. They they don't deserve to be there. Sorry, that's just the way it is. But I thought that was one of the lamest things of New Year's Six bowl games was Liberty playing in that. I <laughs> yeah, thought, I, I didn't even watch on. it because I I mean, yeah, I mean I, I think wasn't they, surprised by the result. Yeah, I mean in the first quarter I think would they score first maybe or something. They score were in the first. game for about five minutes and then after that it was like. Just an embarrassment, you know. But
6: then it comes back down to these little small schools will sue the NCAA because they didn't get you know the the right thing. That's why it, the, the playoff is. Let's call the playoff what it is. It's an invitational. Right. It is a. It's the college football invitational. It is there for TV. And ratings, it's not well, there. I think
0: it's going to be teams. great, don't you? Like as a fan, like no, I, I, oh, I, I, I do. I
1: and, and I don't I, have a problem at that point with the twelve-team thing. If you you've got all the the major conferences have the automatic yes. bids for winning your conference, they're all included. And then after that, it sort of becomes like a mini March Madness kind of deal, yeah. where you know you do have some of those little schools that could come in. Maybe a Tulane gets in there and they they knock off somebody in the first round. I mean that's cool. But the, the way it is right now, just with the I, I don't know. I just didn't didn't like them being in the, the New Year's Six game. I don't know. We'll
0: we have like a Boise State who years ago, remember when they beat Oklahoma? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it de- like Ortolane, it, right. it can happen. Yeah. Are they going to make a run to the national championship game? That's highly unlikely.
3: Right. You know what right. I saw online that I thought was cool? That they did that Statue of Liberty play and that guy yeah, scored yeah. and he went and proposed to yeah. his girl they're still married 17 years later and have two kids. I thought that
1: was cool that's to see. Great. I didn't wow, realize that. Cool. That's, it. A lesson. that's a lesson for everybody who wants score to propose. Score in the bowl yeah. and get married. Yeah, score in the bowl, <laughs> score at home. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, all right. Well, that's that. All right. When we come back here, uh, time to talk some Red Raider basketball. And uh, we're right on the cusp of Big 12 play. Uh, so that's coming up next. Also, uh, we'll get into uh, what's, what's happening to the Lady Raiders. We got the uh, Rockin' 25 college basketball poll for this week, too. We'll unveil that before we're all done today. Here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' pregame on Rock 101.1. Texas Tech
4: basketball.
1: All right, Texas Tech basketball. Tech right now eleven and two, getting ready for a Big Twelve play on a six game winning streak. But you face number twenty Texas, who's eleven and two. That one is in Austin this Saturday, so you, uh, you open on the road. Did we determine is it ESPN two? Or? It's the dose. It is the dose. All right, P. What channel is that game on? <laughs> well, I'm told <laughs> it's week. ESPN two.
3: So seven o'clock Saturday. Both teams are
1: eleven and two. Texas ranked number twenty. All right. Um, I've not got a chance to watch them too much yet this year. I mean, now that football's pretty much wrapped up, then I can start watching basketball for real. But I did watch uh, uh, the game against Northern Al- Northern Alabama the yeah, other yeah. day. I saw that. I was TV there. Yeah, that game, was New yeah. Year's Day. Yeah, yeah I, I yeah, liked I did, it. That I had me a lot something of that. to do to get away and not watch Oregon and Liberty. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I, I was. I think I was watching that. And that's about the time I was like, oh yeah, I think Tech's playing basketball today. So yeah. But uh, you know, they, they, they took care of business in that game. Those are the kind of games you you know, you typically are gonna gonna win. What what's y'all's impression of this team so far? I mean, you get you're about get you know, about to start Big Twelve play. Do they have enough horses to contend or is it a Middle of the I pack? I so. What do you think? I think they're better than, than probably people thought. I mean, Warren
3: Washington is a beast. Uh, Chance McMillan coming off the bench. Pop Isaacs finally finding his shot and leading the team and scoring. I mean, you could run through all these guys. Ker-
1: Kerwin Walton's been better this year. Yeah. Than, yeah. And
0: we haven't even mentioned Joe Toussaint.
1: Who right. Yeah. Is phenomenal. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal good, yeah. player.
0: I think the fact you throw in uh, Toussaint and Warren Washington, you have the point guard and the big man combo. I mean, you have that. You can win a lot, of, a lot of basketball games. You mentioned McMillan coming off the bench. He's been as advertised. Yeah. Uh, Darian Williams, Mister Do It All. Yeah. You know, very good player. Losing Devin Cambridge, you know, I, I think the fact that the, you lose a versatile player starter like De, Devin Cambridge, and you're not very deep up up front, but then you pivot with Curran Walton and become more of a deadly three point shooting team. The way that Coach McCaslin and his staff has done it has really impressed me. I was skeptical coming into the season. I'm not going to lie. Y'all know I've mentioned it off. Right. Here, yeah. like, I don't know about this yeah. guy. I don't know about this staff. No, he's already made. Now, we'll see how they do in Big 12 play. But offensively, the movement is so much better. They consistently create open shots for their players. Um, the, these guys play hard. They're not as good defensively necessarily as we – have seen under Adams and and Beard. Beard I mean, yeah. that was like next level. That was right. elite. But they're good. They play hard. Um, it's a more efficient, better shooting, better offensive team, which I did not see coming. McCaslin at UNT grinded out defensive ugly right, games. Yeah. You know, but he yeah, showed, use all
1: the shot clock. And, right. And yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah.
0: they've been they've been pushing the ball. They've shot well um like i said you got the inside outside you got the pop isaacs too who, who who can score any given night can go off 20 30 for you um and it's looked better so i i'm very optimistic going into big 12 play i think they are a middle of the pack big 12 team which is an accomplishment in this conference i think if as long as things go their way which who knows i think they have a good ch- chance of making the tournament the first season under mccaslin and considering What he inherited, all the drama that was last year, that would be a heck of an accomplishment, man. That'd be great. I I am very impressed by Grant McCastle. I think they made the right hire, but we're going to find out a lot more starting Saturday night. Right?
1: Right, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, watching them play. I guess overall, it doesn't seem like this team. Just you know, early impressions, and like I haven't got a chance to watch them very much yet. But um, like maybe just overall, not as deep as some of the teams that Tech has had these last several years. We get grown accustomed to, but they got. You know, wait, maybe six, seven solid, solid guys. You think the problem is is not
0: having a true defensive, like rim protector, mm-hmm. coming coming off the bench. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Robert Jennings is not that guy. He's rebounder, junkyard dog kind of guy. He's I, he's showing some small improvement, but he's not a rim protector per se. You know, um, Kyron Lindsey. You know, I think a lot of people want him to play more. He showed he showed a little flash. Some what's nice up blocks. with that?
1: I've seen people really uh, going off about that, yeah. like they're mishandling, they're not doing. But I always figure if the guy's that good or whatever, he'll be playing because you want to win. So yeah. But what's he, the story there? Do you think?
0: Hmm. I don't want to speculate, but I think it's kind of like a maturation, but they need him to kind of be more consistent. That's what I've been told. Yeah. I haven't seen And it he myself. kinda
3: said that in the press conference. Yeah. The guys who play good defense are gonna yeah. play. Yeah. And that's not saying he isn't, but there are guys that really are. Well he so. kinda
0: is, though. You know well, what I mean? When you <laughs> say that.
3: I'm just saying. Yeah, that I, but like, I mean you know he's just gotta keep working at it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I don't know if it's mis. I mean, people I we're all so quick to throw out judgment. Maybe sometimes it does just take a little patience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um so hopefully they can count on him. But that's to me the biggest hole is because man, we just a couple segments ago or last segment I was talking about Big Twelve basketball and how tough it is. Y'all know how physical of a league it is. Eighteen games have taken that kind of punishment. If Tech stays healthy, there's still uh, there's yeah. still some death concerns, and that's yeah. a big if, big if. And
1: know? yeah, to go through the whole Big Twelve grind yeah. and be healthy through the whole thing right. and not lose a guy here, I mean, that's yeah, that's that's a big yeah. ask.
0: This is something that McCaslin knows. He was a yeah. Baylor for a long time. You right. know, he was a Tech back in the day, so yeah. I mean, he knows what the Big Twelve is about. But this is what they have the yeah. first year, you know, and yeah. it's not. I, I, I like I said, the, just the, alone the combination of Toussaint and in Warren, Washington. I, they're going to be competitive in a lot of games, and he's a good enough coach. Another thing I really like is McCaslin does a great job of, and Pete and I talked about this, of diagramming out of bounds plays. Yeah. Like, we're seeing some yeah, new things yeah. with him that's clearly a Grant McCaslin thing that we didn't see. Like, yes, they played great defense. Yeah, they won a lot of games because of it. I'm not, you know, putting that down, but they weren't good. The, like, Tech would call a timeout, even in the national championship team or appearance team. Uh, would call a timeout, dial up a play, and turn the ball over. You know, it's right. like they could, you know. But McCaslin, he calls a timeout if they have an out of balance play or offensive set. He gets an open look for his guy, like ninety nine out of hundred times. And that to me, that's good coaching. Like just from a X's and O's perspective. So yeah. I like the rotation. I mean, I I've been really impressed with McCaslin so far.
3: Yeah, well, and I time. hope when the kids come back, I hope we get more people back because some of these yeah. crowds have been weak. But that, that's the competition
1: too. So, uh, but yeah. I, I, f- I, it's like you almost sense a, I don't know if it's a lack of excitement or something, but I do feel like people are kind of. It just feels sort of like well I don't know
0: eh, we'll see Tech fans have been kicked in the gut right I mean throughout the I mean that's that's yeah. just the Texas yeah. Tech life Let's yeah. be honest you know? right It is yeah but the drama last year. After yeah. all, like, you know, yeah, all that momentum they had going, yeah. I think that really hurt. Yeah, Just it did. Getting the tenor of the, of the fan base, you know? yeah,
1: and so it is. But you're right; it's like football. Everybody's all crazy, you mm-hmm. know, optimistic, and then it happens. So it does. It just, as a fan, it just kind of, you can feel yourself sometimes just kind of dial it back. I'm going to. You don't want to hurt. Support, it's like but, having a right? broken heart. You don't want to hurt. If or yes. d- you know, whoever's
0: listening, if somebody, know, whatever, right. yeah. if somebody breaks your heart, you, next time you, or whatever, your heart's broken, the next time you're going to be a little guarded. Tech right. fans are guarded. And for me, I understand why.
1: Right. No, I, I totally get it. But that's where I feel like with the crowds, it just seems like. There's not just this burning excitement for it quite mm-hmm. yet. I think people no. are just kind of, well, I mean, you know, let's I see some things. Well, let's and see how it goes. Mc-
0: McCaslin wasn't a splash-like headline-type right. hire. No, right. I think it was the right hire. Yeah. So far, it's very early. Hulk, please don't give him an extension yet. They probably already have it drafted. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but, yeah. but no, I, I think it was a good hire, but I get uh, why fans are kind of yeah. like, let's wait and see a little bit.
1: Hey, by the way, Pete, you had mentioned uh, off-air, but the, the thing about it, so the, today is the anniversary of that whole yes. thing with Beard, right? He Last got fired, fired and, by yeah. Texas today. Yeah. yeah, so one year ago. And
3: now he, they're, I think they're number 24. He's undefeated with Ole Miss, at least at the beginning yeah. of the week. Yeah,
0: yeah. The irony of him always saying, I'm not the kind of guy who gets a second chance, you know? Yeah. And here it is. Here now, I, yeah. I'm not, I don't have an opinion on, well, whatever. I'm not going to give my opinion on all the drama that led yeah. to his firing, but... Uh, he did get a second chance. Yeah, you yeah, know?
1: And, and see what he does with it now. He's you know? gonna crush it.
0: He's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, people hate him, and I get it, but he's a genius coach. Yeah, I
1: mean, I just, he is. Yeah, no, he's he's he is a very good coach. It's hard to believe that's only been a year. That seems yeah. like I mean, it seems like five years ago or something. I mean, it's ancient history. It I can't believe that's only a year when that happened. And we, we mentioned off here
3: too, former Red Raider football coach Matt Wells now at Kansas State, yeah. co offensive coordinator, associate head coach, and quarterback coach.
0: Him and Kleiman yeah. are tight,
3: yeah. clearly.
1: You know, yeah. I mean Yes, yeah, I was, never knew that. that he was
0: bad. rumored before like their last offensive coordinator hired. Like I, you know, like the Kansas State guys were hitting me up. Mm-hmm. You know, I talked to Wells He he's like, I ain't even talked to him about it yet. Yeah. You know he, yeah. he was on top of their their board or whatever, their coaching okay. board. He was yeah. like, We hadn't even talk- I had a conversation about yeah. you, Jared. And I was like,
1: right. okay well, we come back here. Um, Lady Raider basketball. Uh, they, the Lady Raiders have actually already opened up Big 12. Yeah. play. didn't work out really good, so we'll talk a little bit about that and then what they've got coming up next uh, when we return here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' pregame on Rock
6: 101.1. Lady Raider basketball.
1: All right, Lady Raiders uh, now stand at 12-3. and 3. After uh, opening up Big Twelve play against Texas, and uh, whew, well, they had won it. the first game at Houston, so
3: they had oh, a chance right. okay. to start out two and Texas zero, a, which would yeah, have been nice. And man, there was a nice crowd there the other night. I mean, Texas is number ten; they were thirteen and one. Their only loss was their previous game, uh, opening up Big Twelve against undefeated Baylor. Uh, and man, the the Lady Raiders uh, got punched in the mouth early on and so they, they lose knew like they 27 were
1: 27 or something is that what it was
3: it was a, yeah they was were down a quite a bit in the first yeah. quarter 27 uh, st- stretched to the second stretched to the third stretched to the fourth i mean they uh they were just outplayed. They just could not, uh, you know, they had a few times they, you thought maybe they could get back and it just didn't happen. And they lost 74 47. Uh, so 12 and three, one and one, but, uh, now you got to get back, uh, you know, and, and try to win one at home Saturday. You got Kansas two o'clock. They're seven and six overall, oh, and two. And it's the uh, Educator Appreciation Day, so thank you to all the administrators, all the teachers, and everybody at these schools. And uh, maybe there'll be another education type day game. Hey, if they can uh,
1: bust all those little kids, right? In there, and man, they should. Crazy, right? Every game should be education <laughs> know, day, right? That's for sure. Yeah. So you know, we were talking earlier when we were talking about the you know Red Raiders and where it felt like they were are in the Big Twelve as of right now. It looks like maybe middle of the pack kind of team. Hopefully. Yeah but the lady Raiders, what what do you really think? You've you've watched them more than I yeah. have, but what do you think they're, they're, what they're, what are their prospects in the Big Twelve I, this year?
3: I think they're middle of the pack too. I hope they can steal a couple and, and get up to twenty wins or so and, and, and maybe get in. You know, for them they want to get in the tournament. Last year uh, they weren't getting in. They had all the ladies watch the game, start envisioning that they're gonna hear their name. And so, you know, you gotta win some big games. Uh, you know, they lost to two in Hawaii. Uh, to Tulsa and Oregon State, uh, and then you, now you lost to Texas. So, uh, you gotta beat Kansas and then, you know, Baylor's gonna be tough, but you got you gotta pull off some upsets along
1: the way and, and show you belong. Do you think when you watch the team, do you think, uh, Coach Gerlich is, is she, do you think that, you know, when you really look at the team, do they do they look better? I mean, does, does it appear that something's building, that they really yeah, are Yeah, I improving? think so, and you know,
3: some people just think, well, you know, they played that non-conference schedule. There are some good games in there, but people probably don't know, you know, they had some injuries of some young ladies who aren't even playing, so they had some setbacks before the season even started, and you know, you, you, you got to just, you got to play with what you got, and uh, you know, Bailey Maupin uh, I know had double figures in 10 of the first 11 games. She he led the team in scoring the other night with uh, 16, I believe. But you know they had 25 turnovers in that game that led to 29 Texas points. Jeez. So you you gotta you you gotta curb that and reel it in. And uh, you know every game's gonna be tough. I mean Baylor's ranked. All these half these teams are ranked. You just yeah. gotta get out there and battle. And uh, you know, but the, the
1: crowd came. Now they gotta keep them. And and you know you gotta win. You got to win. Isn't it crazy though? It's just like seeing them lose twenty-seven. You know, to twenty-seven to Texas. Yeah. I, it just made me really think. Man, the longer time goes by, and the you know, late Raiders <laughs> have struggled for so many years now. Yeah, it really makes you have even more of an appreciation about what Marcia Sharp built. The lady Raiders. I mean, that's incredible, and people took that for granted for so many years. Oh, hey, they're good. They're going to be good. They're good. Sweet they're good. sixteen. All it those is so years. So difficult, you know, and to see how long it's taken them to get back to even be competitive. Yeah, and you know
3: what? The, I, I'm just. I thought the stars were aligned for them. They had Marsha Sharp talk to the team Wednesday before the game, and she said, "You know, we won that '93 championship, and we we got interviewed and." People didn't say it was the game in the championship game. The, the, the Lady Raiders all said it was beating Texas in Austin. That was the big game. Yeah. And then she told those girls, you know, this is the last time, the last time they're going to be in Lubbock. When you're 50 or you know older like me, you can tell your kids, we won the last game ever. And so you know it was such a great opportunity, and it didn't happen. But man, you know they've won there, and they've thrown horns down there. So hopefully they can get them back when they get out there. Yeah. And uh, you know, but you got to start with what's on on the schedule, and that's Kansas, two p.m. Saturday. I'm sure crowd will be out there. I know the students are still out or just coming back. So
1: uh, you know, we'll see. I guess Coach Sharp forgot that line in her speech about don't lose by 27 girls. <laughs> you know she should she should have thrown that in there maybe i just thought i don't know but uh, no that's too bad though to have a big speech like that and a big all that motivation and then just not really be able well to and then it's home it too yeah. i mean you
3: just gotta win it and yeah. so and it was tough because they they punched you and then they kind of stepped on you and uh you know they kept battling it wasn't like uh you know but this you know texas was better that night
1: yeah. Well, and now they've got the eternal scoreboard, that whole thing. So, well,
3: you got to beat them in Austin, just like the the men have to. Uh, you would, oh, that's right. yeah, like still got to go down there. For you that, hope, don't you? yeah. yeah so, that's
1: going to be tough. But too. you
3: know, a lot of those those clowns who were on my Facebook page ripping Tech because they lost by fifty, I almost posted uh, something about them losing, but I let it go because uh, you know I'm not like that. You're too blessed to be stressed. I Pete. am too blessed to See? be stressed. That's right. You know, some of those clowns, whatever.
1: All right, well, <clears throat> strong words there. You don't like clowns apparently. All right. Um, <laughs> I mean clowns are scary, dude. Are you
6: scared of clowns? Beat up monkeys. I like the monkeys know, yeah.
1: over the clowns.
3: Who doesn't like a good monkey? You're talking at the TV show or just no, actual at monkeys? No, at the circus. Oh, Okay. Yeah.
5: Hey, I, you know, hey, not not hey, the, the Hey hey were the monkey. Okay, <laughs> no. you're not talking about that. Okay. I like no, You're I like, I like a the Davy monkeys. Jones fan. Or no, or like I like Dolan him too. Oh, I used to watch oh, that yeah. TV Dolan show. Okay,
1: all right. All right. Uh, just wanted to clarify yeah, absolutely. Sure, make sure I understand where yeah. you're at Alright we come back here It's time to unveil this week's Rockin' 25 college basketball poll Eric Haslam and Michael Hunter Join us to do just that Here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' pregame on Rock
3: 101.1 The Rockin' 25 college basketball poll Is put together by sports experts From around the country While some voters see one or two games a week Our voters see games live On TV and really understand college basketball. It's time to release the Rockin' 25 on the Rockin' pregame.
1: All right, it is our college basketball rocketologist from the Rockin' 25 college basketball poll. We're joined by our buddies, first off, analytics consultant and owner of Haslametrics.com, Eric Haslam, and NFL and college basketball contributor to Tease the Dog, that would be Michael Hunter. The Big 12. has the toughest schedule uh, remain, uh, remaining in the NCAA, but how good are BYU, Oklahoma, and Iowa State? Be determined,
4: and I say that as these three teams, BYU is 12-1, and 1, Oklahoma is 12-1, Iowa State is 11-2, and 2, and these are all top 25 teams that has com, or are very close to the top. BYU is a top five team. Iowa State's board is arguably a top five team. But then you look at what they've accomplished, and it kind of takes a step back, and you're looking at record quality, which is a metric that I track on my site. BYU is 20th there. Oklahoma is 22nd. Iowa State is 57th. Then you take a, a better look, a deep dive into strength of schedule. BYU, 256th. Oklahoma, 285th. Iowa State, 325th. So, Obviously, these guys have padded their resume with a lot of cupcakes early on. Now, they have had some quality wins in there. BYU has defeated San Diego State. That's a nice win. Their only loss is at Utah. You can completely understand that one. Oklahoma has got a win over Providence, a neutral court loss to North Carolina. Again, understandable. And then Iowa State uh, has a couple losses. The neutral court loss to Virginia Tech is not so bad. The neutral court loss to Texas A&M is acceptable. But again, we're going to find out pretty quickly what these guys are made of, especially BYU. I talked about them on Twitter or X a couple weeks ago when I said that BYU, I think, had only faced one top 75 team out of its first 13 games. Well, their entire month of January for BYU, they're going to face nothing but top 60 teams. So this is going to be a true test. Once we get the Big 12 schedule, we're going to find out what BYU, Oklahoma, and Iowa State are made of.
2: For me, the record quality, is, as Eric said, kind of speaks for itself. Iowa State, you know, the defensive metrics look fantastic, basically the top five team in the nation. But when you're playing teams like Green Bay, Lindenwood, Grambling, DePaul, Prairie Review, Florida A&M, Eastern Illinois, New Hampshire, Idaho State, I mean... If you're a Power Six team, that's kind of the expectation is for you to be very good, at least on one side of the ball, or the other, if not both. So, you know, I, I just also disagree about the Virginia Tech loss. I don't think Virginia Tech is really all that good at all. That Texas AM loss, certainly understandable. I'm not going to, going to split hairs there. Uh, Oklahoma is very similar. To Iowa State, in my opinion, Central Michigan, Mississippi Valley State, Rio Grande, Pine Bluff, you know the only team they've really, really played that's really any good. I think is UNC, and they lost there, in a kind of neutral court game. Kind of, I'm not sure about Providence. I do think that Arkansas is a quality one. I think Arkansas is a is a potential NCAA team where I have them in the NCAA tournament this year. But uh, I think BYU is the best of these three. And we're going to find out who the pretenders are because I really like the Big 12 this year, and the pretenders don't last very long when you start getting into the Big 12 schedule.
3: Michael, behind the Big 12, we have the SEC. Will the SEC have more or less than eight teams in the field this year? Uh, I'm going to go with exactly eight. Uh, Give me
2: Tennessee, even at their... Barely above 500 record at Alabama. I'm going to put in Auburn. I really like one of their freshmen. That's a team that I wasn't really high on early in the season, but they seem to be one of those, uh, almost one of those classic Florida state teams that the sum of their parts is kind of better than their individual talents. Texas A&M is another team that I'm not real high on, but. For some reason, they just keep winning, so I'm going to stick with them. Kentucky is a team that I love. I love the Dillingham kid. The kid is maybe the fastest in the nation with the ball in his hands. He just makes things happen. really like him a lot. Uh, Arkansas, and then for the eighth team, I'm going to go with Ole Miss, uh, who's currently perfect on the season. I'm not a real believer in Florida. I'm definitely not a believer in Mississippi State, though the Bulldogs might, might have a chance if Tolu Smith returns. He's at full, if he's at full strength, maybe they can sneak in. But the problem with Mississippi state is this team loves to shoot the three. It accounts for 43% of their field goal attempts. The problem is they ranked 235th in the nation in three point shooting against a bad Georgia Tech team. They didn't attempt a two point field goal for something like the first 11 minutes of the second half while Georgia Tech was making their run. So I think it's a poor decision making team. It's a poor shooting team that relies heavily on what they do very badly for that. You know, that just doesn't make a, a quality team or a potential team for an NCAA tournament run through a very tough conference in the SEC. I also at really think that Florida doesn't have the horses to be able to hang with the rest of the conference and, and the teams that I mentioned before.
6: Let's release the Rocking 25 with Purdue holding tight at number one. Houston not following far behind. One vote separates Houston from Purdue at number two. UConn, Kansas, and Marquette who you can't trust, finish the top five. Tennessee and Clemson finish six and seven. With Arizona getting blown out this week, who are the top four seeds, if you had to pick them right now, Eric?
4: I think the first three are pretty clear cut. Purdue is going to be the top seed right now, if you looked at at how things kind of laid out today. Um, Houston's going to be probably second. They're undefeated right now. It's pretty hard to keep them out. Third, I think you got to go with Kansas. Kansas is a, a team that the analytics are not in love with. They're, I don't even think they're in my top 25. They're like 27 or something like that. And that's largely because of their efficiency margins. When they play lesser teams, they have not knocked off the, the socks of the analytics, so to speak. But they do have wins over Kentucky, Tennessee, UConn. You cannot deny that. That, is, that holds a lot of value with the committee. So I think they're going to be a one seed. If I have to go with the last one, I'm still – I'll, I'll – probably go UConn, and I'll say that I'll throw UConn out there just because they beat North Carolina, they beat Gonzaga, they beat St. John's. They had the loss to Kansas, understandable, a bad loss to Seton Hall. But at the same time, Arizona is going to be really close there as well. They've gotten very nice wins, even better wins than UConn, in my opinion. They beat Duke, they beat Michigan State, they beat Wisconsin, they beat Alabama, but they do have the extra loss. They lost to Purdue, understandable. They lost to Florida Atlantic in double overtime in a really, really good game. And then kind of the head-scratcher, which was this past weekend with Stanford. But you really kind of have to take that game with a grain of salt. I think Stanford shot something like 60% from three-point range. They were just red-hot in that game. Not many teams in the country are beating Stanford when they shoot like that. But if I had to pick between UConn or, or Arizona, I'd probably go with UConn, with Arizona being right behind them, followed by maybe Marquette, Tennessee, North Carolina also in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if anybody in the country is beating any
2: team when they shoot 16 for 25 from three, which is 64%. And, and not only that, they also shot 54% from two. So, you know, 1.33 points for possession uh, for Stanford in that game against Arizona. And, I, you know, I think right now my four number ones are, are very, though they're the exact same as Eric's, Purdue, Houston, UConn, and Kansas. Tennessee, Yeah, Rick Barnes, regardless of the seed, will be lucky to make it out of the first weekend per usual. Marquette, we've already established you can't trust. And, I mean... Is there any other way to ask for any kind of foolishness to happen than giving Brad Brownell a potential one seed in the NCAA tournament? I think Clemson would quickly join Virginia as the only number one seed to ever lose in the first round, if that were the case. I think Clemson's tough. Miami showed kind of just where they actually stand this week, however, um, though the Hurricanes are a lot better in Coral Gables than they are on the road. I think we've seen... And their success re- relies heavily upon how Nigel Pack is going to play on any particular night. Uh, you cannot give Brad Brownell a, a number one seed or even really a number two seed just on his coaching ability alone. I think he's a uh, he would be a, a very popular pick for an early round exit, even as a high seed like that. So uh, I'll take the same for Purdue, Houston, Yukon, and Kansas as my top four ones right now.
1: All right, exclusive to the Rockin' pregame, <clears throat> it is the Rockin' 25 College Basketball poll with our Rocketologists. Eric Haslam and Michael Hunter. So you got Illinois now without Terrence Shannon Jr., they're at eight. Kentucky and Arizona wrap up the top 10. Then BYU, Oklahoma, North Carolina, and Colorado State wrap up the top 14. So, Michael, which teams in your mind? are a fraud in sheep's clothing.
2: Well, Darren Shannon's a fraud, first of all. I mean, we saw this coming as a group. We talked about it on the show before. Anyway, of this group, I'm going to have to go with Oklahoma, not because I think they're really completely fraudulent, but because I believe in everyone else just a little bit more. I think the Big 12 as a conference is... Like we've said, one of the top two conferences in the nation. I think it's closer this year than it has been a lot in the past. I think they're primed to get smacked around a little bit at the start of the Big 12 season just because their schedule hasn't really been as up to snuff as some of the other teams in the conference. I'm not sure they have all the star power that they're going to need to be successful in the Big 12 consistently. I think they're probably going to hover around 500 for most of the season and be maybe a bubble team or one of the last eight into the tournament, if I had to guess.
3: Well, now 15 to 20 starting off with Memphis, Baylor and Wisconsin, 15 to 17, 18 is FAU, 19 Colorado, James Madison wrapping up the top 20, Utah's 21. Eric, which teams have sh- are shooting better than their preseason expectations and which teams have shown the most and the least growth so far this year in your analytics?
4: Well, shooting uh, Kentucky's going to be one of them. That was a team that was last year and adjusted three-point percentage they finished the season 113th. They're second in the country right now. You got five guys on that team that average three and a half attempts or more per game. Four of those guys are shooting over 38% from three. Reed Shepard has been a godsend the freshman is shooting 56%. That's ridiculous behind the arc. Rob Dillingham like like um Michael mentioned before another freshman he's shooting 45%. Of course, you have Antonio Reeves there as well. He's shooting 46%. So you, so UK is shooting a lot better than a lot of Kentucky teams that you'd expect. That is, I would say UK is shooting better than what we've seen out of UK teams from the past. Another team I'll throw out there right now is Colorado. That's, uh, they were one hundred fifth. And adjusted three point percentage last year. They're third right now. Their three main shooters are Julian Hammond, KJ Simpson, and Tristan Da Silva. They're respectively shooting 48, 47, and 39% from distance. So Kentucky, Colorado shooting better. When you're looking at most growth, I think just kind of getting a gut feel for things. The teams that are I really wouldn't expect to uh, have been as high as they are in my rankings Colorado as we just talked about, is one of them. Clemson, Michael mentioned earlier, another good one. Colorado State, who has really excelled. And then Dayton has looked really, really, really good. As far as least growth goes, if you're looking at teams that just have not delivered, I think UCLA is going to be one. I think there were going to be some growing pains with the Bruins. But I expected more out of them because their recruiting rankings were so high. They just have not delivered. Maryland has been a disappointment. Nine and five on the year so far, not terrible, but their outside shooting has been awful. They're 351st in the country in adjusted three-point percentage. And then the last team I'll throw out there is our friends from USC. They're betting 500 this year. Seven and seven with losses to Long Beach State, Oregon, and Oregon State definitely this was supposed to be the year that usc was going to be a top 15 team they have been nowhere near that so far yeah i mentioned them earlier in the season as a team that i was looking to have them grow
2: as the season came, went along as long as their front court could perform you know they give Bronny james back which certainly bolsters their appeal to the media and, and their back court. but that front court hasn't really helped and you know you can tell that they're young and that's a team that uh, has really disappointed so far
6: this year the last four teams in the rocket 25 are Duke and Iowa State at twenty two and twenty three, and then a tie at twenty four with Auburn and Old Miss. Michael, which team has your eye moving in to the top twenty five soon? If I had to pick
2: one team, and this is this is a complete shot in the dark, I guess the the number one team would be Alabama. Um, The way they play and the way that Nate Oates coaches. They would probably be the easy selection, I think. But what I'm looking at right now is a Michigan State team that I think is starting to put it together. They've won four in a row, victories over Baylor. I'm not going to say away or neutral. It was more of a home game. But also, don't overlook a win against Indiana State. I think they're primed to pull off about, about 10 wins in a row before they match up with Wisconsin on the road on January 26th. I think that game will be kind of a defining moment uh, for the Spartans and, and Tom Izzo, I think they'll get by Illinois, unless Terrence Shannon is somehow reinstated, but like, I just don't see that happening. I think they'll get by Rutgers. Minnesota should be easy. Maryland, who knows, but you know, at College Park, it's still Maryland, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them that victory as well. I think Michigan State is kind of in position to win a lot of games in a row right here and, and move really deep into maybe the middle teens of our top
4: 25. Bowl. And I'm going to say it again. I'm going to pick my number 22 team, Dayton, who's 11-2 uh, and two right now, 14th in record quality, 52nd in strength of schedule. They did not litter their non-conference schedule with cupcakes. They've won eight in a row. They were number 11 in my momentum metric. They've beaten LSU in a neutral court. They've won at SMU, which is a very nice win. They've beat Cincinnati in a neutral court, which is a very nice win. Their only loss so far is a neutral court loss to Houston, which is uh, obviously a tough one. And then the loss at Northwestern, which on paper after the Illinois game doesn't seem so great. But keep in mind, this was a Northwestern team who beat Purdue on their home court. So losses at Northwestern and a neutral court loss to, to Houston still looks pretty good. No bad losses there. Also, this is a team that can shoot. They're number six in the country, adjusted three point percentage. I think their defense. Has to step up a bit. Right now they're 73rd. I want to see if you're going to be a true contender, you got to be top 35, top 40 in defense. They're not there. But most certainly a strong start for Anthony Grant's guys. A little side note, they will host UMass on Sunday. That's another top 75 A-10 team. That has definitely blown away the preseason expectations. So that's a good one there for the high to mid-major fans listening.
6: Yeah, you're both wrong. The answer is Nebraska ball. I mean, Kaysay. I'm not
4: sure the answer to any question is
1: Nebraska. Kaysay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What? I don't get that.
6: Nebraska's Kaysay went on a streak 28 points against Indiana.
1: All right. I thought that was some lingo the kids were using now. Casey, Bro. Good shooter. All right, other teams receiving votes in the 25 alphabetically are Alabama, Creighton, Dayton, Gonzaga, Grand Canyon, Michigan State, Nevada, New Mexico, Ohio State, Princeton, Providence, San Diego State, South Carolina, Texas, Texas A&M, Villanova, and Virginia. Michael, which team currently should we not expect to find in the round of 32 in March, and you can't say Tennessee?
2: Uh, Give me South Carolina, come on down. I just admittedly I'm not watching a lot of South Carolina games. It's not for any reason in particular. I'm just not really excited to watch any any team in the Power 6 play the schedule that South Carolina's played. I mean, we've talked about it numerous times just today alone. USC Upstate, VMI, DePaul, a terrible Notre Dame team, a terrible George Washington team, East Carolina, Charleston Southern, Winthrop, Elon, and Florida A&M. The only team they've played of any kind of consequence is Clemson, and they lost. Granted, on the road, Clemson is always tough at home in uh, Little John. So, I mean, what what do you glean from playing – 11 terrible teams and Virginia Tech who we don't know what we have and losing to the only actual good team that you have on your schedule thus far. I I mean, once you get into SEC play, we've already talked about the SEC. There's eight, nine, possibly ten NCAA tournament teams in this conference. If they're any good, we're going to find out real quick. I don't think they're any good.
4: I don't think they're going to dance, never mind make the round of 32. And if you're talking about a team that may not even make the round of 64, I'm going to throw Providence out there. on the based on the, based on the fact that they lost Bryce Hopkins to a torn ACL on Wednesday, he was one of their basically bread-and-butter players on that team. And if you look at the rest of that roster, it's not exactly stacked. So, I mean, I, I think Bryce Hopkins was not having his best season. He was still... Uh, a cornerstone of that program, though, and when you lose him for the year, I don't know. I I just don't think that Providence is going to have enough to get in the tournament this year.
3: It's the Rock Twenty Five College Basketball Poll with our rocketologists Michael Hunter and Eric Haslam. Which game is the one to watch out for in the next week? Well, can I pick two? I'm gonna pick two. Um, I'm circling the big
4: one for me is I'm circling BYU and Baylor uh, next Tuesday night. We are, as I said before, <laughs> we're going to find out very quickly. Oh, good. BYU is, is in that game. They head into the brand-new Foster Pavilion in Waco to face the Bears, squaring off against one of the better backcourts in the country, of Jacoby Walter, Ray J. Dennis, and Jaden Nunn. Um, I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see if Baylor's athleticism is going to be problematic for the Cougars outside shooting. Um, the other game, same night, Houston at Iowa State. Again, we talked about Iowa State possibly being a pretender. These are two teams, as Michael mentioned earlier, that do it with defense. Houston is my number one in defensive efficiency. Iowa State, number seven. Very interesting metric. It has on metrics.com where I track potential points off of steals. These are the top two teams in the country in that particular metric. So these are two teams that are very, very good, getting takeaways and scoring quickly in transition opportunities. Offensively, Iowa State has shown they are more than capable But that Houston defense is just performing at an elite level right now. It should be an excellent test for the Cyclones to see if they're the real deal.
2: Yeah, obviously, by my reaction, Eric stole my answer with BYU and Baylor. Just a quick note for Baylor. I love their freshman, Eve Meesey. We've talked about him on this before, but in the middle, he's an absolute monster. He's a seven foot freshman, very agile, runs the floor well, finishes around the rim, blocks shots, rebounds. He's awesome. Really fun to watch. You know, calling an audible on best games of the week. Saturday is kind of loaded with under the radar games. Uh, Marquette, traveling to Seton Hall. Seton Hall has kind of shown recently that they're not really a team to be trifled with. I think that could be a good game. North Carolina travels to Little John to take on Clemson. I think, again, we're going to find out, you know, real quick what Clemson's kind of made of after taking it right in the teeth against Miami. And then kind of something a little under the radar, Auburn versus Arkansas on Saturdays. Could be a fun game. I think Aiden Holloway is one of the best-kept secrets in the nation as far as freshmen go, and that may be because he's – Really up and down. He could give you 24 points. He could give you five points. And, and that's something that, you know, we obviously see a lot of when it comes to freshmen. But if Auburn's going to do anything and climb further into our top 25, he's going to have to become a consistent scorer of basketball. And I know you love that term, Eric, which is why I said it. <laughs> <laughs> in order for Bruce Pearl to make a run in March. Also a nice stepping stone for Arkansas as they try to get their way up to the top, uh, top half of the SEC and maybe stay there. It's been kind of a rough go for both Arkansas and Alabama thus far in this uh, early in the season. So those are, those are some of the games I'm going to be watching on Saturday.
6: Friends, where can people find your work?
2: You can follow me
4: at, at Tease the Dog, DAWG on Twitter. And for right now, that's just about it. And people, again, can find my ratings, my rankings, my bracketology, and my projections over at com. And if you're looking for me on Twitter or X, I'm going to be out there going hashtag analytically final at, at Haslametrics.
1: All right, it's Eric Hassel and Michael Hunter breaking down the uh, Rockin' 25 college basketball poll this week, and it's always available at rock101lubbock.com. If you missed any of it, thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, when we come back here, we'll uh, make our predictions for the uh, the big national championship game between uh, Washington and Michigan next here on Rock 101.1. Time
3: for the final word.
1: All right, about time to get out of here. But uh, we got the National Championship game coming up on Monday night. It's kind of a future Big Ten matchup here, actually. But uh, as of now, it's uh, out of the Big Ten Michigan versus the Pac-12 Washington. But uh, who do you like in this one, Pete? Uh, I'm going to go with Washington,
3: only because they got former Red Raider wide wide receiver Jalen Polk. He had a big game the other day. And, you know, Michigan, did they do some wrong? Did they didn't? There's some wrong in there, so I want Washington to win. Sean, what do you got?
6: Michael Penix Jr. throwing touchdowns, throwing the bombs, and he's going to bring Washington 31-28 over Michigan. All
1: right, yeah, I I think, yeah, too much uh, Michael Penix. I think he should have been the Heisman winner, but we'll see. I've got Washington as well. Uh, so that's Monday night. So, hey, and I just
3: want to say, Sean won the prediction contest. But Jeff, you finished second, and it came down to the last two games. You took Alabama and Texas. He had Michigan and Washington. He's up two now. So, if that had split, you—you uh, you were right there, Jeff. Right and I'm so there. proud of you. You're the breakout star of the year, my Thank friend. Thank you. I
1: sure appreciate
3: that. I congratulate Sean. That's
1: my, my best. Wins. Uh, he's been congratulated enough. I, that's my best finish ever. Thank Absolutely. You. No, congratulations, Sean. You put a lot of time and effort into it. While wow, the rest of us are working um but anyway but thank you for listening to the red raider after rocking pregame today seriously that was sincere congratulations sean back next friday we're back friday that's right so uh we'll be here have a good one
3: this has been a presentation of rock 101.1 sports and alpha media usa